coming at you straight from the atrocity realm. It's Rage Across the Internet, your very favorite werewolf podcast. I'm your host, Porter. To my left, we got producer Joey. Hey, guys. And once again, the man, the myth, the guy we paid off to sit here, Tom. <laughs> Do you pay me for this? Well, it's ice cream and puppies. Oh, hey, that works. We, we know how the puppies work on me. That's right. Uh, and we'll get you straight back in that van when this is over. It's whatever works for you guys. <laughs> so we all do today. I'm doing fantastic. Same here. That's that's good. Weather's been treating us right. Yeah, about time, right? Right. I don't know about where you guys are, but you know, it, it has stopped raining here finally, finally. And there's no snow, which is amazing. And it's eighty degrees. Right? And, I mean, that's outside. Here in Submarine Studio, it's got to be, what, 212? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it, it's slightly cooler. You can soak it. Don't worry. Oh, it, I, totally. It's, it's slightly cooler than the surface of the sun. Master of fire, though. You're fine. <laughs> Gift I don't have. Well, <laughs> you did it wrong. It's all right. This is the only Hamid player I've seen in, like, 20 years. It's, it's I'll, I won't take Master of Fire. That's dumb. <laughs> Didn't want to copy the other two players in our group. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. So what do we got on tap today? Today we are going to have chronicle building as our topic. Okay. Yeah. So, storytelling episode. Woohoo! Sounds like that's on me. A little bit. Balls. <laughs> you love it. That's it. We're fine. Uh, so, yeah, we're talking about uh, with the art of the arc. The art of the arc. That's I like that. Say that ten times fast. The art of the... I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I want to. But right. It's tempting. Nature worshipping murder cult? What? Right. It's and, like, I, I don't even feel bad, because I know, like, like Eric and Billy will listen to that. They'll listen to me <laughs> say that shit ten times in a row. I would, too. I mean... Right? That's just comic relief. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I like the idea of doing that to you guys, but... <laughs> Maybe get them to send it to you in a PM. <laughs> So, um, well, I guess you guys, uh, how do you want to do this? You want me to just start blathering on, or you guys got stuff for me? No, I've got some questions, but, you know, I mean, you can blather on for no, a No, give me something to lunch off of. Okay. Give me some food. That's right. So, the inspiration for the Chronicle, is it the same for each episode, or does it change? Well, see, and that's great. That, that's a great question, because I can ignore it and jump onto something new, and then I'll come back to it. Okay. So, see, look at that. You gave me a jumping off point. Um, well, first of all, when I'm writing, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, different people write it different ways. I, I can't, I'm not the boss. Different folks, yet. different strokes. That's what she said? That gets you on a list. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, no, how I write, first of all, you know, I, I, I gen, generally, and this is um, especially for new players, I, I try to describe a chronicle like a season of television. Mm-hmm. You know, this way it's something everyone can relate to. Right, right. You know, and um, as you guys know, I also title Every chapter. Mm-hmm. Every story has its own name. I do that for my record keeping. It makes it easier. And I think it makes it easier for you guys to reference back to a, to a story in particular. Yeah. Instead That's of going, you know, that time when we were in New Orleans and then we did that thing here, you know, you can go, oh, no, no, it was the dinner bell caper. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> Chronicle of the Guilty. There you go. And I, and I think that's what we're going to focus on today. Um, as we get into building a chronicle, I'm going to use the example of uh, that chronicle, but we'll we'll get there. Um, you know, when when you're building, you know, a longer arc or a full chronicle, you know, you want to have. I mean, first of all, you need a plan. 
you know, and, and it's all well and good to say, well, this would be cool, this would be cool, this would be cool. And that's a great place to start mm-hmm. a couple of random ideas, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Whatever gets that Inspirato going. But just because something's cool is not a good enough reason to do it. <laughs> and, I mean, I believe that with, with your character work. I believe that with your NPC building. I believe that with your, your story writing. Being cool isn't a good enough reason. Okay. There has to be more behind it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that shit's just hollow. You know, I understand the Transformers movies made a lot of money. That doesn't make Michael Bay less of an idiot. Explosions, man. But there you go. Right. <laughs> what do you want, you know? So let's go back to that question that I do not remember what it was anymore, but you got me started, so thank you. So the inspiration for Chronicle. Yes. Is it the same for each episode, or does it change? Well, generally it's the same. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, thematically it should be the same. Okay. You know, and, and this is where you go back to the example that I'm going to use for this episode when I wrote The Guilty. You know, I, I wanted to, and that, that came from a song. It is what gave me the first, you know, that first snap of inspiration on it. But I decided that thematically I wanted it to be about the loss of innocence and the lack of innocence. Okay. That nobody's hands were clean. You know, uh, manipulation and deception were all things I needed to be part of this. You know, this was my second chronicle with you guys. Or with, you know, Tom and Danny and them. You know, because Joey, you weren't here yet. Correct. You know, so they were just off a little four-part thing I wrote for them to get their toes wet, you know, see if they wanted to continue on. So they're these brand new Garu. And it seemed perfect to, to write a chronicle just to, to illustrate that you are not the plucky hero. Capes are not blowing in the wind, you know. It, it's, it's, it's not that. It's this other thing, you know. You are all guilty on some level. So, yeah, I kept that through the entire thing. Um, there can be little deviations here and there through the stories as long as it, at the end of the day, all connects. Okay. Um, another question I have for you. When you're writing, Chronicles specifically, mm-hmm. do you start in the beginning, the end, or somewhere in the middle? I was going to ask that question. You huh. beat me to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that depends. It depends... And again, I think it has a lot to do with where that spark hits. Okay. You know, like I said, with The Guilty, for me, it was uh, Through the Valley by Sean James was the song I heard. And it, you know, like a fucking lightning bolt. Okay. This was what I'm going to do. And I had, um, I saw it from the end. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I built that chronicle backwards from the ending scene. Which, um, as it originally was, it's not how it ended up. And I'm sure we'll touch down on that. Mm -hmm. But as it originally was going to end... You know, it was about this war, a full-on war between the vampires and the werewolves in New Orleans. And it wasn't going well, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the Garo were doing very well. This was a problem. And it was decided that the Garo were going to uh, blow the levees and flood the city. Okay. To kill millions of people, to deny the vampires their food and get them out of the city. We can come back and get our cairns back. We can hold the city once it's, you know, once it's... Clean. Clean, yeah. <laughs> That's extremely dark. Exactly. And then the, the idea was, is that there would be, and it ended up being an Econio, because I was going to write it, mm-hmm. was going to show up 11th hour while they're planning the charges and go, look, you don't know who I am or what I, you guys, you don't know, you know, but here's the thing. Here is an offer of peace, and it would be putting the players, as, as the ones who inadvertently started this battle, this whole thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> would be the ones in the position to either trust the enemy or murder millions of people. Man, that would have been such a good ending. 
and you had to go and ruin it. Yep. <laughs> we've, we've touched on that before. Yeah. But see, either way, at the end of the Chronicle, you were the guilty. Right. That was still one of my favorite Chronicles. You wrote that one so well. I was really, actually, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. it it's It might be my finest work. We'll see how this Chronicle ends up. <laughs> we're, um, we're midway. I, I love the where we are in the midway chronicle too. Yeah, Both these back to back are great. The, the virus has put our game on hiatus, so and oh. we're all dying to get back into yeah. it. Yeah, we really, really are. And you know, on an aside, I, I think when we do finish the chronicle that that we're currently working our way through, I think we should do an episode to to dissect it for the podcast. I would love to do that. So, you know, if you guys want to hear that, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about that all day. I'm, again, that's another chronicle I'm, uh, so far I'm very proud of. But you did mention something in your last answer about players changing things on you. So what do you do when a player or a group derails your plan? She keeps taking all my questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have you, written down, I prepared in advance. You oh. two, you have to have to trade or something. Because <laughs> she's going to say hers and you're going to go, uh, and the, the show's going to be over in ten minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but both of those popped into my head, too, and then she already set them. So. Well, you rest <laughs> the next one. You figure it out, Sean. Yeah, i got to sit here and ponder. Uh, uh, do you shit your pants? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the okay. short version. Okay, that's an answer. No, um... And, you know, this, this, one was, uh, this one was bad. I think I've talked about this before on the show, but I don't recall, and you guys will just hear it again too bad. <laughs> um, when, when Tom made the decision, because, you know, sometimes it, it's little things. Mm-hmm. But, but with Tom, it was a big one, and it was a thing that me as a storyteller didn't know. And I got in the unenviable position, because, like, if this works, you know, you roll the die and it works, it work too well. Yeah. So I called the break, and, and I, I had to think about it. Because what's more important, my my original, this beautiful original ending, or rewarding this creative thinking, and ultimately it's well, it, it's it's kind of a no-brainer. You got to set your ego aside, and you go, well, you reward the creativity because this isn't Porter's ego, the apocalypse. It's not about me, you know. I didn't get this group together to to show off how awesome I am as a writer. I got people together to enjoy the fucking game. Trust me, I felt horrible. Ruining how, because he told us the ending after we played through what I came up with. And when he told me the ending, I felt horrible. I was like, man, I would have loved to have seen that through. I kind of stabbed myself on that one, but it was a very good creative thought on my part. It was. It was was really smart. It was really clever. And, you know, I could have just fudged roles. I mean, that's the thing you can do. You can just fudge roles. Or, you know, the elders just could have not listened to you at all because you're just a young kid and, you know, the adults Which are talking. He, hey, this is Chronicle 2. I was wet behind the ears, maybe two months into change. Right. You know. I couldn't believe they took me seriously. But there it is, right? I, I could have done those things, but to me it felt like it would have been cheating. Um, so, and I mean, that's a bigger example, but when... When someone throws a wrench in the I mean, you, you just have to dance around it. And I would, I would love to be more specific, you know? Yeah. Because it's about thinking on your feet. It's about, okay, what can I do to still get to where I want to go? Um, but it's, it's a skill. It, it, just, it takes practice. Like, I wish there was more practical advice I could give. But, you know, there's more than one way to get to where you need to be. 
So if you need to call a break, you know, call like a fake bathroom break and you're not going to take a crap to buy yourself <laughs> 20 minutes to think something through. Or, you know, maybe you got smokers in the group, call a smoke break. Maybe it's time to order dinner if you need to, to give yourself a little bit of time to figure it out. But it will get easier as you go. Well, let me piggyback on that then. So you're writing out an episode. Mm-hmm. You have a point in your episode where your players can make the choice to go left, right, forward, wherever, whatever the choice is, mm-hmm. many options. Are you writing out each option, or are you only writing out the one that you kind of want? If it's me, I'm writing them all unless. Unless. Unless and they it, have to go this way. No, no, no. Um, actually, unless, and this is a fun example I'm going to give you guys. So this was um, this is many, many years ago. I was in Virginia running games there. And um, uh, it, was, it was a story called Diplomacy and You. And, and this, the short version is, is they were sent out, the, the Cubs were sent out by an elder to four specific cairns to ask for backup. And it was clear that they were sent because no one will notice that they're gone and no one knows who they are. So they're just nobody enough to, to, to be able to ask for help without word getting around that this sept needs help. So go to these four places exclusively, drop my name to these four specific people, do not come back empty-handed. And that's what they were told. The, the idea there was I was sending them, because they were in a multi-tribal sept, I wanted to send them to single-tribe cairns to give them a different look at how some of these other tribes lived and how these cairns operated, you know. And uh, I knew my players. And that's something, too. Know your fucking players. I knew being told, don't come back empty-handed, meant they were going to deviate from their fucking mission. (laughs) (laughs) They were sent to the Actina. They were sent to the Wendigo. You know? Um, They were sent to the Black Furies. Christ, what was the other one? I was hoping you were going to say Red Talon. (laughs) (laughs) No, decidedly (laughs) not. Well, that just would have been fun to witness a player try to come up with a way of getting Red Talon to come help. Central Park, Larissa. Jesus, where's my brain? Okay. (laughs) So, you know, they make that first stop and talk to Larissa, and, you know, Bonars are great. (laughs) And they're respectful, and they're good. So they're like, well, do you have any suggestions for us of other places to go? Which already was not what you were fucking told. Right. Right? But I knew they'd do it. So I sent them to Morning Kills Court, where they fucked that up spectacularly. <laughs> you know, you know, they were guaranteed to have the Silver Fangs right up their ass in a few stories. Already caused problems for the set because he couldn't listen. Where are they going to go next? Well, we know a lot of Getafenris, and one of the elders is currently in the Sept of the Bloodfist. So we'll go to Getafenris HQ to tell them that our cairn is, like, understaffed and ripe for the taking. Uh-oh. They did that. <laughs> and I knew they were going to do it. I knew they'd go to New Orleans to talk to the Silent Hall because they worked with the Silent Hall once. Once. So I wrote all three of those scenarios down, just knowing it was going to happen. I didn't even mention the names of those places or those people in the story. I just knew my players. Of course they'd do it. And I was so busy, you know, with how fucking clever I was for outwitting them at the pass a week in advance that I forgot to write the description of the fourth cairn they were supposed to go to. Ooh. <laughs> Did they even make it to that fort? Oh, they absolutely didn't. I had to pull it directly out of my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting there with a 20-page script going, um, you meet Jackie Gecko, who I know goddamn well is in Australia, but you're in Arizona. You don't know that, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's the perk of being a storyteller. Right? But I was so proud of how clever I, you know, how clever I thought I was. (laughs) 
So the key to that one is know your players. Know your players, definitely. That's that's definitely, you know. But, again, that's the thing is, you know, yeah, I'll write them all. And even some shit I think they might think of, but sometimes I will forget to... Do the important thing? Yeah, get your head out of your ass when you're writing is a big thing, I guess, would be the moral of that story. Cover the bases before you get clever. So That's the better way to do it. And that's the other thing is if you don't know your players, stuff like what happened in The Guilty happens. It's true. And, I mean, that's actually leads into a great piece of advice. You need to know your players. You, You need to get in their heads, figure them out. That's just part of it. Which is one thing I like that you had us doing in the first few Chronicles, is at the end of each episode, we had to write a learning curve on the episode. Yes. And that's one way to get a lot of knowledge. Yeah, the learning curve. Um, that's actually part of the experience process in the book. But yeah, that's this thing I, I hate changes. I, I have made for years, me and my players write that. Because I was running into a scenario where the first guy to talk would say something really good and insightful. Or the first person to do it. You know, you go, okay, you get full experience for that. Excellent. And then everyone else would just reword what he said. And piggyback off of right. it. Right. So it's like, did you learn a thing or did you learn how to copy a thing? Because there's experience for learning a thing, but not for plagiarism. Right. So you make everyone write it down. That can't happen. And it's also a good way to get in their head. Right. You, you learn how they thought about your episode that you wrote and you how they absorbed it. When you do that, and you also where you pay attention to pay attention to your player's actions all the way through. You know, you know the player whose whose character is going to be a problem. He's he's too important for what you're doing, so he's going to start bitching. You know, so you know to keep maybe. Well, okay, okay. Well, these elders will be over here in earshot, so they'll hear him. And now you guys are in trouble because he can't keep his fucking mouth shut. And you're going to have to do the thing you didn't want to do in the first place, or you know, however the workaround might be, or you just you know the character, so you can write for him. Yeah, you can't stress that enough. Know your characters. Yeah, that is a big, big stamp. Well, I, well, I think. Actually, another great example would be in our current chronicle, uh, Shadows and Tall Trees. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the pack here had a, you guys had that vision. You yeah. had a shared dream, only it wasn't exact. You know, you guys heard voices in the, you know, in the tall grass, the dying tall grass. And that the message was different for every player. Right. And, um, you know, I know with Danny and, and Tommy, with you, I kicked your asses with what yes. the, the whispers had to say. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I, I hit you both, you know, kicked you both in the balls with it. Mm-hmm. Joey, on the other hand, I didn't yeah, well, didn't phase her at all, but, but it was her second story as that character. So I didn't know the character yet. Right. I didn't right. know how to hit her yet. Yeah. Now now you can kick my ass oh, yeah. right in the center. Sure. But it was it was a great example of the developed character versus the unde- undeveloped character, which, again, wasn't a commentary I knew because no. it was brand new, so we didn't know yet. Yeah. I didn't know yet. You do. Trust me, my character took a sit down under a tree for about three hours, and <laughs> yeah, he pouted. He he mulled it over for a while. <laughs> yeah, I got I got mean to you and Danny on that. A little that bit, was, it was but it, it it was good. It and was it was really you know, good. It was eye awakening, right? And I mean, that was the purpose of it in the story. You know, it wasn't me as a storyteller being a jerk. It was the fucking. It was the vision. You know, it was something in the dark, whispering things you didn't want to hear. And I kind of feel a little cheated. You know? Well, joined the group a chronicle ago. Right, well, <laughs> she was in the background. I mean, she did kind of help in the background on the chronicle prior. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> that's, that's the solution, is to go back in time and join, the, join during the guilty. Hold on, let me get the DeLorean out of the garage. Sweet. You know, time travel, in style. Do you have another question, or can I go ahead and steal go one? Go right ahead. Oh. I don't have one simmering just yet. Okay. So, um, 
How long does it take for you to put a chronicle together? Well, again, that's going to depend. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's how the again it's how the inspiration hits you. It, it's how well something's coming along in your head. How how the the planning goes. It, it has to do with how busy you are in the world. Obviously, you know. I mean, there's a lot of factors, a lot of moving parts to that you know. Um, Shadows and Tall Trees, for example, is taking a lot longer. I mean, we've got the, the, the fucking month's break. We've got the, the mm-hmm. quarantines and all that shit. I mean, I haven't had time to write, but I've also creatively, I was a little thin. So for me, I'm taking that time to recharge my batteries. The Guilty, that came along really damn quick because I had a great, you, you were know. in the zone. I was in the zone. You know, so it, it takes time. And then you factor how long you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first uh, sort of switched to that kind of television-style format. Right. You know, I, I was keeping a chronicle roughly the length of a, of a season of television. Which, that that changes depending on the show. So are we talking 13 episodes, 26? Well, I would shoot for 26. Wow. wow. That is a lot of writing. Yeah. And what I learned, and it's something I don't do here, you know, is because sometimes that creates a lot of filler. Because in my mind I've set this arbitrary goal that it has to be 26 in a chronicle. Oh, look at a lot of TV shows. Right, and it's a, a lot, lot of, of bullshit filler. filler. So when I got here and I started writing, I'm like, you know, chronicles are just going to be as long as I need to get the message across. You know, I think the guilty was 10 parts. Yeah. At least originally. <laughs> you shaved think, a few no, originally off it was 13, it was 10 when we finished. Okay. Yeah, you shaved a few off of that with your shenanigans. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. It worked out for the best. Well, it really did. Thirteen is still a season of TV for some shows. True, no, that's true. But at, at that point, it was a coincidence. Gotcha. You know, because this is these things had to happen. Now, are you finished writing the stories, like the the chronicle, before you start telling it? No, I, um, you know, I start with with what I call skeleton. Okay. And so what I do there specifically is it's it's the chapter name and like a sentence of kind of what I want to go. Okay. Is the skeleton, and so we'll get those down, and maybe that'll be maybe that'll be thirty stories. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you go to an outline, and you get a bit more in depth. And as you go through that outline, you see where you need you can make cuts. Well, this can go here. I, this isn't really necessary. And then you start building, and you go, well, who's in it? You know, who who else? Who else is there? Am I? What am I creating? What scale? Am I making a new sept? Am I making uh, a new pack? Are you meeting old people? What, what are you doing? Okay. You know what I mean? Obviously, that, that starts with the skeleton, but as it gets fleshed out, you see what you need and what you don't. Well, that's a good idea, but it doesn't need to be here because right now it's just fucking, it's just bones. Keep that idea over to the side. Kick that idea over to the side. Kick that idea over to the side. And so it gets a bit more streamlined. And then you start at the start, start writing scripts. Get proficient in Excel. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's just a bunch of really messy Word documents. That, that I was going to say, getting proficient in Excel, that's, that, that's commitment. Mm-hmm. That's serious commitment. That's nah, a lot of a lot of messy Word documents. So essentially, making a chronicle, you should have an end game right from the get-go. You should have an idea, for sure. Um, you should. Right. <laughs> um, at, at the very least, you need to know what the problem is. And you, you definitely want a solution. Um... You, you you have to know you, you don't don't run any green vials. Bottom line, green green vials. Have I not talked about the green vial? I think no, you haven't. All right, I got I got a lot of shit, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what are what pray tell are the green vials? All right, here's a little little extra story time with Porter. So uh, you know I'm a comic guy, and um, you know I was a huge huge X Men fan. You know back throughout the '90s and all that, 
And uh, there was a particular issue of X-Men, and I, I believe, don't quote me on this, it's been a while, written by uh, Fabian Asieza, I believe. And the whole issue was Gambit and Rogue on a date. Okay. They're going out to dinner. It's what we call a baseball issue. It's good. It's fine. Well, at the end of the day, you know, it goes poorly. Gambit's walking home alone, and there's a shadowy voice coming from the alleyway. Oh, no. It's Mr. Sinister. And he alludes to a shared past they have, and he hands him a green vial. This is, you're going to need this. It never fucking comes up again. Well, sometime in the future, I'm reading an article with, with the man, you know, with, who's no longer writing on X-Men. He's mm-hmm. doing something else, but there's this interview. And, and the interviewer says, you know, well, what was up with the green vial? And his answer was, oh, we don't know. Oh, come on. We just thought it was cool. We thought it'd be like a neat mystery. We have no idea. So don't write a green vial. Don't write a green vial. I was like, you know, 12 years old or whatever. I don't know what, but I learned that lesson right there. Do not write. How do you write something and not know what you fucking wrote? <laughs> wow. You can't put something in just because you think it's cool. You can't write whatever you want. You can't. Don't write any green vials. Those, those are lessons I have learned and I stand by. Danny, don't forget about the blood in Adebisi's hand. That is me. That was the shittiest thing. <laughs> you have just made our lives th- that much worse. Danny, it was a red herring. Don't fall for it, Danny. <laughs> it was a red herring. I'm never revisiting that plot line again. <sighs> <sighs> Dick. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> I got a color Philodex out once in a while. <laughs> okay, so... I set him on that for months. <laughs> what criteria and how? Like, what, what is your process for choosing your big bad? Well, um, there isn't always a big bad. But something that was important to me is to not try to top myself. Okay. There's, there's countless shows, you know, uh, out there um, where you do a season, here's this big enemy. And so the next season has to be bigger. And it's got to be bigger. It's got to be bigger. You know, um, I was talking to someone um, the other day, and um, they were talking on the subject of anime. They were talking about Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where, you know, apparently the, the first season, it's a couple, two alien invaders. And then a couple seasons later, they're punching God in the face. And then they're punching the god of the gods. And then the god of the god of the triple gods. And I didn't have a stroke. That's apparently what goes on. It's essentially, yeah. That's the layman's way of putting that. Yeah. And what the fuck are you doing? You know, you look at a show like Supernatural, which which is, I think, is a great... If you're like a storyteller. Yeah. Don't steal plot lines, for one. Don't be inspired by it, but don't steal. Let, <laughs> let them steal from you. That happened. <laughs> um... You know, but that's like a, especially the earlier seasons, there's, there's some, some nice theming there. If you're playing a hunter game, I could see ripping that off maybe a bit more. But there's the, you know, but then that's a show where the first season, the big enemy was a demon. One single demon. And then like two seasons later, they're just dropping demons left, right, and center. There's just their cannon fodder now. Well, at one point, you know, there's what, season five, they, they fight the devil. Yeah. And yeah. The, this, they're in season 15. Yeah. How do you top that? Exactly. Exactly. So you know what? Don't. I don't try to top myself. You know, there's there's always banes, there's always spirals, and there's different types. You know, maybe maybe this day the, the quote big bad is a corrupt elder. Maybe it's your own rage. Maybe it's you know, there are plenty of threats, but I, I make an effort to go if this is a five on the enemy scale, 
next season, next time doesn't have to be a six. It can be a three. It can be a three. Other things can be going on, too. It can still though. be a credible three. I mean, even yeah. a three is still dangerous. It can still kill you. It still can be. And then there can be other things going on. It doesn't all have to be just combat. Mm-hmm. You know, Scrag can easily get the drop on you when you're in Hamid. <laughs> or, you know, um, you were away for this, but, you know, we ran a story that uh, was taking place in winter during the Septon, you know, a blizzard hit. And the entire story was, where's Roy? Roy left for work, even though he shouldn't have. And Roy's not here. It's been six hours. Where's Roy? Better start looking. Yeah. It's, it's a game of survival at that point. I yeah. mean, you're still surviving. There's they, no enemy threat. They had to hunt him down in a blizzard of, to right. save his life. In the meantime, the uh, tree Andrew Bookman's been living in collapsed. And he's under that. So we got to get him to a hospital in this fucking blizzard. Protect your kinfolk. What's, what's the threat level on that? Still high, in my opinion. But there's not a threat. There's not something trying to attack you. But there's certainly... There's a ticking clock. There's there's multiple things going on. It's still a dangerous thing. Yeah, it's still a threat, in my opinion. It's just not a physical like threat. But but there you go. So, okay. Say there are 13 episodes in the Chronicle. And say you do have a big bad, a, a corrupted elder, or whatever. Sure. How do you choose where you put the, quote, mini-bosses? I don't have those. The, the smaller threats. You, you pepper them in as the story goes. I mean, to say that the threat is, um, you know, a corrupt elder... You know, let's 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 take let's let's get rid of that fake that, that example. Let's go back okay. to the guilty. Okay. Because it's yeah. No, we can go back to the guilty. Yeah, because it's fine. something that happens, so there aren't these fake variables that I'm getting mind flooded over. Okay. <laughs> go well. What if this happened? What if this happened? We'll just fucking go back use, to the guilty. We we use, have vampires. Yeah. Let's we, use the real they have their levels. Yeah. Kind of like an onion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Level two is onion. <laughs> well, I, I guess if you would want to. I guess you could argue for a mid-boss type event in that, in the guilty, I suppose. And it, yeah. it had to do with the pacing of things. And I'd make the argument that it was the uh, events with Jude and Sekhmet in the Primogen Council. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what I was... Yep. See, that's cool. I knew that was the mid-game right there. See? And that wasn't planned. It was just the natural progression of it. But there you go. And, and the idea behind that was that the Primogen Council reached out to uh, the Shadow Lord who was fairly influential in the war effort. Okay. And said, this is out of control. Let's talk. Peace treaty. Yeah. And so a meeting was set, but the problem is, there was a second faction of Garu in the city who wanted to burn the mother down. Oh boy. Led by uh, Silent Strider. And he got wind of this also. And he beat uh, Jude to the location and brought a war party. (laughs) Oh boy. And we burned that place down. Yeah, he got half of the war party killed. Yep. But he managed to get all of the council but one. Not that they knew that. And so they're sitting there celebrating the burning husk of this building, you know, and like the four Garu who survived are all mm-hmm. high fives. And then Jude shows up. Pissed. And those two NPCs fought. You know, a leg was severed. There was some almost frenzying. You know, some shots were fired. People were knocked out. And then that led into the trial, the quote trial of uh, Jude Rydell. Yep. Where um, there was a little council put together to find out what the fuck went on and who was to blame and what was going to happen. Because that should have been the end of it. Should have been the end of the war. <laughs> yeah. But, but was it? 
No. Yep. Just mid-game threat. <laughs> Turns out, yeah. So, yeah. share with the listeners what happened after the mid-game, after the trial. What happened? Well, that's, that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, there, there is well, quite a bit there. You know, I mean... I mean, they, they know the kind of the ending, because it was in my Ragabash episode. If you guys want to head back and listen to that, they good know the back. ending. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That was a good like callback. I couldn't remember when we talked about it. It was in my Ragabash episode. Good man. Because um, it was one of my more prouder Ragabash moments. <laughs> that was, it was, yeah. I was questioning the way we were going to fight. It, I mean, it's really all it was, and I came down with, why aren't we doing it this way? And you <laughs> were correct, and you won, so. Thanks for letting me pull out the vampire book. <laughs> we were on break. <laughs> oh, that's right. The one fucking vampire book. The one book. The one had. book. And it told me lightning damage hurts him. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. Oh. Well, what happened? Uh, fine, you know. Thank you. <laughs> Again, this little uh, trial, if you will, this little uh, was set up to find out what the hell happened. And um, so old Jude goes to uh, Crimson Ghost over to, to Tom here, and he says, I need you to go to the Sept of the Sweet Summer Rain. You're going to find a man named Lennox Ashman. Mm-hmm. You are going to introduce yourself. You are going to, and I forget the name of your mother. but you're, Rhonda. Rhonda. You are going to say you are Rhonda's son and explain that you need help. Because what you know, knew that Crimson Ghost didn't is that uh, Lennox Ashman was uh, Crimson Ghost's grandfather. <laughs> this is when I first met my family. One of my family members. So he knew, and the, the idea there was he needed a strong Ahran in the Sept, which did not exist. And a strong elder Ahran, and he needed someone that would owe him a favor, someone that would be more than likely to support anything Jude's going to, you know. But he needed someone else to bring them to the premises. And of course, dangle a grandkid in front of him. Mm-hmm. He's going to come. <laughs> he can't refuse at that point. Yep. So that's where the manipulation comes in. That's where the manipulation comes in. Shadow Lord. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, you know, hey, Vladix really liked you. He thought he had a lot of big some, some big set of balls on him. That's you true. Remember. I do remember that. He told you, what, this is the most dangerous guy in the room. Don't. <laughs> you ignore the get offenders over there. This is the guy you got to walk out for. Look at him. <laughs> and he rolled up in a wheelchair. <laughs> yep, just rolled up in this wheelchair. Ah, you know, Lord Ashman. It's a pleasure. What a surprise that you're here. <laughs> yeah, that episode, that stuck out to me. <laughs> well, I had one other question going back. When you're making your enemies that we face, mm-hmm. sometimes do you you have to do an audible if they're too strong. Yeah, that's happened a couple times. I am notoriously bad at power levels on Banes versus what you guys are capable of. So how do you get around that? Uh, well, again... <laughs> It's well, that's just something for people building chronicles. No, yeah, sure you know, you're building your enemies just, to the proper strength of yeah. You your keep characters. you keep TP on hand because <laughs> you know, God damn it, this vein just killed you three times. This yeah, was supposed to be roll. like a right. <laughs> this is supposed to be a mid level threat. I overdid it. Right. You know, it, it's just it's, it's a problem I have. What you do is you um you make changes on the fly. First of all, you're rolling your dice behind a screen or with some weirdo app. It just get, get real dice, please. It's Please better. get real get dice. Get real dice, it's better. It makes it much better. And then, like, there's a sense of ownership, and it's 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 a more fulfilling experience, I promise. It sounds weird. It's it doesn't tempt you to go on other apps on your phone. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's so not collecting your personal data. It's not draining your battery. Yeah. <laughs> Ring the button. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Put your phones away. Um, <laughs> fuck. Sorry to throw you off. Uh, <laughs> you bastard. Um... Uh, 
no, uh, you know, you roll your dice, and you're behind a screen. They can't see your rolls. So, look, if you've got to fudge them for the sake of the game, fudge the damn rolls. Don't tell anybody about it. If shit happens. If you made a threat that was supposed to be like a mid-level threat and you killed someone in one hit because your fucking numbers were off, fix it. Right. You know, half their damage or something. And if that's too low, tweak it the other way. You know, as a storyteller, you're in control of how long or how short a combat is ultimately. You know, they, they, their roles, there's not a whole lot you can do about. You know, the player's roles. But the enemy's roles? Combat's going too long? Well, maybe that spiral's soak roll was actually garbage and not like six tens. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, that's up to you as a storyteller. God roll, six tens? Oof. Well, you know? <laughs> Wish I could roll that. <laughs> <laughs> and don't practice your rolls. <laughs> Yeah, don't. You, you touch the dice when it's your turn to roll them. Nothing more annoying than hearing someone rolling dice while you're trying to talk a story. Or suspicious. I pre-rolled, did you? So you were practicing rolls until you pre-rolled? Yeah. Well, you got nine tens over there. Nice. That's ah, crazy. That's a crazy pre-roll. <laughs> After your eight practice rolls. No, fuck you. <laughs> That's not how that works. So, do you have any other questions? No, that was my last one that I was coming off the top of my head right now. You know, I, I appreciated that that you did that little outline of how you come up with a chronicle. Because, you know, I, I've always been curious about how you write. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I write in a narrative voice. Right. And I have been hesitant to try to write stories or chronicles because I don't know the format. Well, and that's the thing is, I don't think there's one solid format. It's what works best for you. But when you say you have a four-page script, a ten-page script, what does that look like? Do you have, you know, just the monsters, or do you have like a flow chart, an if-then setup? Okay, good question. Good question. Um, and I'll say that my days of twenty-one-page scripts are are gone. Mm-hmm. I, I have been able to. Storyteller knowledge has replaced a lot of that. Sure. Because you've been in the business for so long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's a level of um, just top of my head that I can do that, you know, well, you, again, you get used to that. It, it's it's a skill. It happens. But So, you know, you, you want your opening narration. You know, obviously your title, your chapter, whatever. You know, your opening narration. You want, you want the gist of what's going to happen. Um, maybe there are certain pieces of dialogue that you want to have happen. So in which case, if, um, you know, uh, a couple lines popped into my head, like Butchers in the Shadows would say that I think are particularly cold-blooded or particularly useful, you know, I'll do, you know, Butchers in the Shadows, a little colon, and write the line, just so I don't forget it later. Um, but mostly my scripts are locations, you know, making sure that, that the feel of somewhere's right, you know, you're at a new sept, or NPC descriptions for the first time you're seeing them, um, when I have, to, you know, when I'm standing out threats, those are their own pages, mm-hmm. and I keep a separate word file with um, quote stock enemies. I have like four or five different spiral dancer stats in gift set, you know, a few, a handful of gifts I particularly like, so I can just mix and match. I go, okay, well, we're gonna take the really strong guy, and we're gonna take these three gifts and just move them over to my script. Oh, okay. You know, Scrags. Okay, there's the Scrags. There's the Psychomancer. There's the Nexus Crawler. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't, don't, don't throw those all over the place. But I have those stats in the separate file. So if I need it, I can just grab it. You know, it, it saves a lot of time because I used to do it the other way. And because I'm doing all of this in Word, you know, it's just the most convenient for me. 
-hmm. You know, so for like the black spirals, I'll have the health levels, you know, represented as zeros. And then I'll have like, you know, the, the wound penalties in much smaller font. So they're not taking up as much room, but I, I'm not forgetting to do them. Okay. Which makes keeping the, the little templates there all the more important. Because it takes all goddamn day if you're doing that for six on the fly. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's a big thing for me is to keep those templates there. Really, really, really saves time. So hmm. there's a key right there. Make sure you make some templates. Yeah. You don't have to, but Jesus. It will it, help a lot. Yeah. Makes life easier. Hmm. Okay. I have, I, you know, let's. No, keep going. Let me just go to the other side of this coin. How dare you? <laughs> there's hmm. another side. There's like seven sides. Yeah, what's, what's the other side of the onion? <laughs> the upside down. There you go. Now, I'll so talk about that in a minute too. In Werewolf, the quote experience is renown. Mm -hmm. And that's how you gain rank. Rank. But there's also experience. Yeah. Okay. So You've played. I don't have to tell you this. <laughs> Maybe she needs a refresher. Maybe I do. We need haven't a refresher. played in six months. You know? <laughs> Baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, how do you hand that out? Why and when? Okay. Um, this this is probably a bad habit. Okay. So, like, I don't know how I feel about even admitting it to anyone. Fives of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're at alone. six now. Come on. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> We're in our second five. Oh, okay, yeah, second Sweet. five right now. Um, not only not only admitting that, but um, I endorsing it. Um, so it's a cautionary tale. Maybe I, I don't hang I don't hand out renown at the end of every game. Okay. I, I know that I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I will do it at the end of an arc. Okay. And I will lie. And tell you that I'm keeping very close track of the things that you do. <laughs> but, you know, Renown tends to build up really, really quickly. This is why I'm not mad that he does it his way. I don't think any of us as players are mad the way he does it. Because yeah. I could be sitting there, especially being a ragabash, going, I could be rank 5 right now. But did your does your character deserve to be rank exactly. 5 right now? Exactly. And my character's not even a year old. So I'm 100% with the way he gives out the Renown and the experience. And that was the thing, too, that I made the decision that once you have the renown to rank up, you spend that renown yep. to rank up. It blanks out. Yeah. Because it should take longer to go from rank two to three than one to two. Right. But the way the renown can sometimes snowball, it'll be like, oh, well, if I can't get one more permanent glory, I'm rank three. But you just get your rank two challenge. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I want to make sure, I make sure that it's not... Um, I'm not punishing you guys. At least that, that's the hope. I mean, you can tell me. I don't feel punished at all. You know, yeah, when you will be rank three, when it's appropriate for you to be rank three. Which, in my opinion, not for another Chronicle. You know, it's, there's a level of trust, I think, between the player and the storyteller that goes on when, with what I'm doing there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, like, I've, I've earned that trust, hopefully, and you make oh, sure not to sure. betray it. So, speaking of ranks, where do you like your players to be rank-wise? Where is the sweet spot that you are writing for? Well, you, there isn't one, because I'll write to the group. Um, you know, with a new group, your starting is first changers. 
Okay. You know, and, and that goes into character. That helps, you know, you grow with your character. You're having those experiences for the first time. I know, Tom, you're a big fan of that. Huge fan. You know, and I think it's it, good. I think it helps bond you to your character. You know? It really it solidifies your character. It flushes them out in your own head. That's why I really like it that way. You know, um, you know Joey Echo, she started at rank two. Yep. But she started comparable to where these guys are. Right, right. And you're an experienced player. So you can handle the extra work of fleshing out what the hell she's been doing with her life up until yeah. there are stories, there are experiences. Yeah. You know, you got to fill that in, which you did. You're fine. It's, it's good. And, I mean, <laughs> your character doesn't know them, but you've heard some of them. And oh, yeah. You know. Echo was very fleshed out. I mean, I would have, I'm still new, and listening to what she wrote, I could not make a freaking level two already. I would not be able to do it right now. I mean, I might, but like I said, I'm still not far enough in because I'm still only ranked two with mine. And that sort of makes the point I was about to make is you can't have a brand new player start with like a rank two Garo. Right. Because they don't... Or start with a Clave. Well, that's... <laughs> that's... Yeah, that should not happen. Right. It shouldn't. If you're a new storyteller, I, mean, I guess there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I don't like to do it. Silver's really dangerous. <laughs> the most dangerous thing. You should not be handing that out willy-nilly. No, you shouldn't. And, I mean, it's your game if you want to. Um, I mean, I remember in, in Virginia there was some kickback about my refusal <laughs> to hand out, you know, hand out Silver like that. And so to make a point, you know, we had the two, the two players, and I said, okay, we're going to do a mock combat. In this mock combat, you know, use your characters, use your stats, you both have cliffs. That's deadly. Yeah, but I'm making a point. You know, it's non-canon, it's just an exercise. Okay, okay. Because I'm proving a point, and lo and behold, the first hit killed the other person. Yep. One swing. Can't soak silver, asshole. Exactly. <laughs> this is a real thing. You... It's for all the marbles. Mm-hmm. you got to be careful with how you do that. Yeah. And, I mean... There, there is something to be said about having, you know, that fun game and that, you know, be silly and be crazy. Yeah, that, that you can absolutely do it. But. but that's a one-off. Right, I would not put that in a chronicle. I would do it for, you want to have a funsy day? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're all rank four and you have claves. Go have fun. Dessert. Yep. Dessert. <laughs> yeah, no. And it, it also gets you a, a building point on... If you want to make your character, like, you get to play with gifts that your character wouldn't get to see. Right. For yep. a while, so you can get a building point, like, oh, well, I want to build my character to get up to here. Well, it's, it's, it's really fun you're talking about that. <laughs> that backfired on me. Oh, okay. Um, again, Virginia. I, I, wrote, I wrote most of a four-parter. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those, you know, again, this was an early chronicle for, for new players. Uh, because the, the idea here was that they got lost in the Umbra. Mm-hmm. Got caught in a storm and thrown off into a near realm, and because they were young, they didn't know how to get home. Mm-hmm. Good Wh- luck. Which led them going to another near realm instead of getting home, and they just were lost. And you know, so four parter. I wrote three of them. Yep. Or I wrote two. Hit a complete creative wall, mm-hmm. and said, "Joey, fucking help!" And, and so she ghost wrote for me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> she broke their spirits. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. I, I, I want to need them. to hear about this one. It, it was set in the scar. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you, we got that Dickensian London vibe going, and she wrote it so well. It was so bleak. It bummed out the players. And as it added bonus, the rolls were ice cold all night. Oh. There were two botches. 
during the game, during ridiculous scenarios. That's not good. They ran from the final encounter. Like Benny Hill style. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there was, was, like, the textile factory that caught fire and was, like, killing. Because the glass walker used create element in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's genius. Yeah, blow yeah. himself up. That's like using a silver grenade in a car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if it, it was Murphy's Law Day, and then the story was so fucking bleak, they wanted to kill themselves at the end of it. And I mean, I'm talking the players. Wow. Like, no one was, they're like, oh my god, I hate yeah, my life. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, sharp objects. Get them away from sharp objects time. Story got like an F minus. Wow. Like, that was the kind of feedback I got. I gotta tell Joey, and it's like, it's not that it was a bad story, it's that... I did it too good. Yeah, you hit it too hard. You hit them in the psyche a little too hard. Yeah. Yeah. You broke their brains. But the (laughs) idea was, is we were doing the three stories, and the fourth one would be a uh, a pocket realm of the Umbra that was a potential future of the world that they're in. It's like 20 years later during an apocalypse scenario. And so we called it dessert. Because what I did was I drafted new character sheets for them as rank five Garu. And just gave them whatever I thought they'd like. Just a bunch of neat shit to play with. You know, so of the Something group, to bring them back from that. Just yeah, it was it was dessert. You yeah. ate your peas. Here you go. Here's an ice cream sundae. You know, yeah. This fudge gift, and sprinkles and the whole nine yards because yeah. that sounds fun. This is a girl hall gift. Who gives a shit? You can play with it today. Mm-hmm. Hey, you use a grand cliff. Oh wow. <laughs> you know, whatever. Just have fun. But also, this was a potential future. So I'm laying seeds all over the thing. You know, of stuff that, you know, here's an NPC who's missing an eye and missing an arm. And in their time, the NPC's already missing an eye, and five stories later, I take an arm. Ooh. Coincidence? Ah. Exactly. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> could have been some red herrings, could not have been, you never know. Yeah, so I was setting a lot of shit up. So it wasn't just... No, I like that. Yeah. That's, that's good desserts. Thank you. Well, the problem... <laughs> you know, if I think of the four players, I think it was Where's four Where's my clave? Yeah. Yeah, I can see where this is the becoming. Three a of the four were like, that was awesome and a lot of fun. Thank you. And then the the other guy spent the next three months, three, four months going, hey, when can I get gift of the Spriggan? I said, well, you're not around at a Fenris, so never. <laughs> but I have the experience to spend it. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> no, John. No, Johnny Foster, you're not getting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it could backfire. <laughs> so, one final question, I guess. Where do you draw all your inspiration? I'm glad you asked that question. I was hoping for that question to float out. It's been back there. I've just been waiting to throw it out. No, I feel like it's a proper... Yeah, it is a good... Like, you know... Yeah. I mean, TV, movies, the, the comics, like... Well, all of it. Right. I mean, you know? Specifically, <laughs> where could somebody get their inspiration? Because we know you're going to be getting yours. You've talked about it a few times. Comics, TV, movies. Right. And, you know, everything has its own, its own voice, its own sound. You know, um, a great example would be um, The Silent Howl. I can associate them with the Foo Fighters album, There's Nothing Left to Lose. Almost every track on that album directly relates to something about The Silent Howl. You know, uh, you know we talked about The Guilty, that chronicle, you know, that was Shadows by, that was the Shadows album by, by uh, Sean James. It's that whole album. You know, it started with, you know, through the, it's the whole album. You know, um, yeah, you can look at TV. I mean, you look at things like uh, Season 1 of Stranger Things. I love season one of Stranger Things because it's secretly a World of Darkness story. It really, really is. You Upside know. down. What is that? That's yeah, the Umbra. Yeah, it's the Penumbra. Yeah. You know, the Demogorgon is just a scrag. Like, look up the de- look up the description. Yeah. It's like 88% scrag. And then, you know, 11, that's uh, 
you, you know what she is, is she's a uh, test subject, and was it Project Aenid or Project Iliad, who escaped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a psychic that, that they were trying to fuse a, a bane into, and she got away. Possibly leaving holes in the gauntlet through her escape, where the scrag is popping in and out. Which, all the best for us, because when Stranger Things Season 1 came out, we had just started. Yeah, <laughs> and I could go watch this. This is a great visual aid for what the umber looks like. Exactly. That's just a scrag right there. Yeah, that helped so much just flesh out a lot of things for us. You know, so there's there's stuff like that. I mean, that's I think that's a great example. But you know, you're you're gonna find, you know, just explore different different music, different different shows. You're gonna get kernels of ideas. You're gonna have something that's gonna hit you in a certain way. You know, and there's nothing, there's not a guidepost you can give. You're just gonna find the thing and it's gonna hit you. It's gonna go, oh my god, that's that's that character. Yeah. You know that that is exactly that fucking character. And I mean, I'm a reader, so when I'm trying to come up with stuff, I I go to novels, you know, and, and imagery that I, I I pick from novels. So it's like, oh no, because remember I rewrote one of your one of your packs, their their descriptions. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, no, 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 she needs to look like this. No, it, it, no, she she really helped modernize this pack. I had a, it, it was a, a southern pack of mm-hmm. kind of cowboy inspired, and I literally wrote one as Yosemite Sam. Yeah, it was bad. He was no John Wayne Gacy in there. That's a clown, sir. <laughs> That's I what see where you you're confused. Being. That's what you were being. I was being a murder clown. Yes. You were. Man. <laughs> I mean, hence why I threw the name out there. <laughs> He, he did some sick shit. Can't he be, can't he be like Pennywise? <laughs> oh, you can pick the murder or, or, or what's the one? What's the one that you can hire to scare your kids? Um, I I don't know. I don't Ronald know. McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's Chuckles? a Chuckles. I think it might be Chuckles. Oh, there's boy. a documentary on him. I think it's on. Uh, I think it's on Amazon. I, I don't know. No, there's really a guy who dresses up like a clown and scares kids, and you can like call him and. Oh no, thanks. Oh, that's that's. <laughs> That's some dark shit right there. Okay, anyway. Yeah. But I'm just saying, before we got off of the murder clown tangent... Right, right, right. You know, it doesn't have to be movies or, you know, music. It doesn't have to be that. It can be from books. It can be... It can be something you saw while you were driving down the yeah, street. Yeah, real life instances. Oh. Definitely. Wherever you drive from is wherever you drive from. Yeah. I mean, that, but, I mean he asked me specifically. So. Right, right. And yeah, there, there are real life experiences too, or real life locations. You know, there's um, some wooded areas and some maybe not so wooded areas with a few interesting landmarks around here that I have seen and drawn from. Um, but, you know, for me, music is probably the biggest source of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I... Um, I kind of listen to everything, and, and I, I seek stuff out sometimes, or, or I will find, um, especially because our, our, our games are set in the 90s. You know, mm-hmm. it's a big thing for me. So I'll hit up, like, the one-hit wonders of a particular era, because that's going to inform the tone, the daily tone, of what's going on in your guys' world. You know, if fucking Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, or a Dice of Bases, <laughs> I Saw the Sign, is, like, the, the new hit in this time, I might integrate it just to help get you guys into the right mindset of, of general day-to-day life, not related to what's going on, like the dark shit that you're going to do that day. But while I'm doing that, what, what I'll do is I, is I won't just download I Saw the Sign to play in the background and annoy everybody. <laughs> but 
but but I'll download a discography or a couple of you know a couple of albums in that era, and I'll listen to all of it, and I'll probably include none of it. Because how often have you guys heard me play music during a game? It's seemingly mm, fucking rare. Once, I think. Yeah, it's super rare. Yeah. Um, but I can draw from that shit. And, and I'm surprised stuff that I find that either I totally hate, like, completely. Or there'll be a song or two that, that, that sticks with me. Or that might inspire something. You know, it's not just, I'll grab that song. Which, I mean, is easy to do. You go to iTunes and just do it. It's fifty cents. Fine. Who cares? I'll, I'll spend the extra. Because I suck. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, maybe once upon a time I might have sailed the high seas. I don't do that anymore. But, you know, I, I caught to it. I'm fucking human. We, we all did it. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't say yeah. you didn't. Yeah. It's so, like, I, I grab a discography. And, oh, look, this is what I found. Well, this song from an artist that I'm only listening to because she had a one-hit wonder thing, mm-hmm. you know, has a song that I'm basing three stories on. Neat. So you never know where it hits. Just don't be afraid to explore. Yeah, you could make a couple episodes of a, off of I Saw the Sign. Red herrings, man. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, I actually never have grabbed Ace of Base. <laughs> it was just what was... It was in your heart at the time. Yeah, it was, was in my heart at the time. Okay, so... Well, speaking of heart, um, you know, we uh, we put a lot of heart and soul into this podcast. Look at this fucking segue. Ooh, <laughs> this, this is going to be quality. We put a lot of heart and soul into this podcast. Uh, to give you guys the best show that we can, uh, that we know how to, and we didn't have a lot of fun doing it. I think it's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's important to us uh, engagement, you know, that, that we're reaching you, and hopefully you, you come and, and talk to us. And, you know, we launched a website a couple weeks ago. Yes, we did. You know, and we have some pretty big designs on what we want the future to be for not only the podcast, but just, re- just for us in general and for you guys. You know, uh, we want this this to be our digital cairn. You know, our community where we can all get together and discuss different points and to have, you know, guides and suggestions and, and story ideas and character ideas and shit up in those forms. You know, we have that game finder section to where, you know, go in there. Hey, I'm, I'm from Virginia, Virginia Games. This is where I am. So if you need a game, if you need some people, whatever, you can go here and you can find them. You know, you can reach out to us and talk to us, you know, um... We, we do have a donate button. If, if you could find it in your hearts, if you have the spare to, to tussle some our way to help us uh, with our production costs and things like that, that would mean the world to us. And if you can't, or you don't want to, that's mine too, we have an Amazon portal. And if you don't know how that works, that's fantastic. You click on the Amazon thing, it, it opens up Amazon in a new window, so you're going to be shopping on Amazon. Right? Everybody's shopping <laughs> on Amazon. You, you almost can't avoid it. You know? And so anything you spend on Amazon... You know, through our portal, Amazon gives us a little kickback at no extra cost to you. So you're just doing what you're going to do on a daily basis. Maybe change your bookmark so you don't even have to take that extra click. But that's a way to support us without actually having to do anything or spend any money. Because I feel weird about asking for money. But so what's our website? Shit ain't cheap or free. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be free to you. We're not putting, yeah, this, they, we're not putting this under a paywall or anything. They, they don't that's never going to happen. Yeah, never. never. <laughs> that's not what we're about. No. Um, but you can read it. That's um, RageAcrossTheInternet.com. www. It's like I'm four years old. You're still forgetting HTTP. <laughs> and again, I leave the colons out of this. That's why I'm not saying colons and backslashes. Just don't forget <laughs> your HTTP. <laughs> www. RageAcrossTheInternet.com. 
Dot com. I'm not. I'm not echoing he's, that. I'm not Danny. He's not participating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we definitely want to hear from you. Yeah, come um, talk to me at Twitter and at Rage Across. That's right, and you can still find me on Facebook at uh, you know Rage Across the Internet. You'll find me on the forums. Hey, there you go. Forums where? At www.rageacrosstheinternet.com. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Shameless uh, plugs—is that—is that, is that yeah. good? Yeah. Do we our, have I, think, I think we're ready for Cubs Corner now. I, I don't have actually anything for Cubs Corner. Do oh, you guys have? Nothing. You know yeah. what though? I have a thing for Cubs Corner today. Oh, awesome! How ridiculous is that? Right? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to answer it because I'm asking the damn question. Okay. This will be fun. Yeah. So, um, and this is shockingly something we have not said this is really dumb so i got two i'm gonna hand them out so joey Mm -hmm. what's garu garu (laughs) are werewolves okay so why why don't you just say werewolves because garu garu is the name that they use to refer to themselves oh Mm. Isn't it ridiculous we've never covered that? <laughs> I'd find that a little ridiculous. I thought we have covered we that, but I guess not. have not, apparently. Huh. Hmm. Tom. Oh, boy. What's an umbra? What's an umbra? A spirit realm. Oh. Okay. I no, that's it. That's what I got. Oh, well, hey. Those, those are two very questions, simple actually. questions that we have somehow not hit. That well, and, and with the umbra, yes, it is a spirit realm, but the guru, the werewolves, can go back and forth between the realm, which is Earth, and the, the spirit realm, which oh. is the Umbra. Also known as the Velvet Shadow. Ooh. Because classy and sexy. Ooh. Now, I was going to say, now you're getting complicated. That shit is classy and sexy. That's man. true. <laughs> but that's, that's exceedingly simple and ridiculous. I, I am surprised forward. we did not cover that. No, I know. It's like, Wow. That's some day one shit. How did we not do that? that. We're on episode one. (laughs) 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 Sorry, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now you know. Yeah. The more you know. Little apologies to the Silver Fox Pack out there. (laughs) I like that. So, So, okay. Yeah, that's um, that's our time for right now. Mm -hmm. You know where to find us. We will be back next week to uh, discuss some other nonsense. So, uh, on behalf of... uh, Submarine Studios, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Come back next time. Tell everyone you've ever heard of. Be excellent to each other. Take care. We'll see you. Rage Across the Internet's music is It's Into the Fog by Darren Curtis. Shared with a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. For details, check out the information under the podcast.